Oh, hi, audience. What's up? It's Greg Stero here to introduce you to the True Blue Riffcast, where they talk about amazing movies, bad movies, and everything in between. So you're listening to the True Blue Riffcast. Enjoy it. Thanks, Greg. This is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I am Jeremy, and with me, as always, is... Hi, I'm Dave, and... um. This quarantine thing is is hell. Uh, this this crap this crap needs to stop. Yes, yes, indeed. So it's been a while since our last episode. Um, not since we recorded our last episode, though. We actually did record an episode about two weeks ago, and uh, it just kind of never materialized for you guys. Um, but we're blaming that on coronavirus and uh, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin? I can tell you Carol what, Baskin. Carol Baskin and all these animal rights people come down here trying to shut me down. That was <laughs> that was my impression of Joe Exotic Tiger King. Blaming Carol Baskin? Uh, you want Carol my effing watch? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, we don't have to tell you guys that things have been crazy lately. Um, not to mention the fact that I started a new job and I'm working nights now and it's just, it's just been weird. It's been an adjustment period. Hey, 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 that's enough of that. I, I, I want to talk about Carol Baskin, Jeremy. I want to talk about Carol Baskin, not about your stupid job. <sighs> Tiger anyway. King, folks. Tiger King. Yeah. Netflix. Jeremy hasn't seen it. I've seen it like no. five times. I'm not even kidding. I don't have Netflix. So I haven't seen it. It's uh it's 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 something else. I've heard um, a ton about it and I am familiar with Joe Exotic. Uh I've he's in jail now, before. spoiler alert. Uh and I I I really don't think he should be in jail. Uh no. but um then You know again, who should be in jail? Who? Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin for killing her husband. Oh my gosh! Everyone is out there. I was like, talk about riff tracks. <laughs> uh, our last episode that we recorded, uh, we talked about uh, the winner of the last patron poll that we did, which was Zindi the Swamp Boy, and we talked about uh, Lady Mobster. This episode that that we're talking about will be edited and put up after this one. Um, oh, after this happen. one, okay. After this one, yeah. Um, so it's going to be kind of weird listening out of order. Um, I know for a lot of the uh, the podcast services, they, they come up with the newest first. So if you listen to the newest one after this one, which will be the one about Zindi and Lady Mobster, then you'll actually hear them in the proper order. And yeah. We're just adding a step because... You know, because we enjoy making you like do extra steps to enjoy the podcast at yeah. like it's uh it's full capacity. You're welcome, <laughs> especially patrons. Yes. So today we do have a couple of VODs to talk about because Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh as as mentioned by um Connor and Sean, uh we do have uh, Ninja Warlord to talk about today. That was uh, Connor talked about that one, and uh, or no, Connor talked about lovely but deadly. Lovely but deadly, yeah. About that one, and 
Sean told us about Ninja Warlord, which we're talking about both of those today. Those are the two newest Rift Tracks releases. Um, and you know what? Since we don't really have a weekend box office, I was about to say, about- like, let's let's talk about the weekend <laughs> box office. What weekend box office, Dave? Oh, they, right. I, I mean, it's against the law to go outside. In most states, anyway. Yeah. Which I don't get. You would think, uh, you know, every state should be doing this, but womp womp. People are still going to get sick and, and die. Um, well, it's not really that bad. Like, like the county that I live in, we only have like 30 cases and they're all like locked away. So me, I'm like, whatever, MFers, like, let's go to town. But I mean, no one agrees with me that we should... That we should, you know, do the do what everybody else is doing or not do what everybody else is doing because it inconveniences me and I'm the most important person <laughs> ever. And I'm not gonna get sick. And even if I do get sick, I don't care. But whatever. Yeah, I think our state has like the fourth highest number of cases in the country right now. So Well your state has And I'm like... working at a grocery store, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in public. Yeah, you uh it's not going to end well for you. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd live this long. But um, anyway, uh, Ninja Warlord. Yeah, let's let's start with uh, the older of the two releases. Ninja Warlord, a uh, kung fu movie from 1973. Is it that released, old? Yeah. Released under a few different titles. Uh, oh, it's one of known, those. <laughs> yeah, uh, The Rage of the Wind was like the main release from it i think because uh, you know every time a different distributor gets their yeah hands they on wanted it, they a, give it a different title and it's like it's like um, what was it edge of hell and uh rock and roll nightmare that kind of thing yeah yeah stuff like that um so this one this version of this one <laughs> is about uh fish taxes there's uh some japanese and they're kind of like ruling over like an island full of Chinese people. And they're imposing fish taxes. It's really weird. Like, even like for, it's, it's, for it's an very, old kung fu movie. It's very political. Yeah. Um, like, surprisingly so. There's uh, a guy who's, uh, who's overseas. Uh, he's married to uh, an American. And America. Uh, he is fighting in the U.S. as a boxer, um, and then he kills a guy. Yeah, now so that's what leaves. That's so but weird. It, leaves, it it literally takes place in the span of like two minutes in the movie. Like, yeah, it's like yo, know, get it, and like he like uppercut. He's like, like there's like you 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 think that the guy is like Glass Joe, but he gets like this one like really weird uppercut in, and his opponent just falls over. And starts bleeding from the mouth. That's like, well, <laughs> yeah, and he, and he's he's dead. So they go back to this island, um, and the guy's like wearing like an American suit with a bow tie. Like it's really weird, like and out of place. I don't know. Uh, but he comes back, and the other uh, Chinese people from his village come to him for help against the uh, the Japanese dudes. And presumably the guy who is the quote ninja warlord unquote, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't want to do it at first because he just killed a dude, 
And he's like, no, I don't want to kill any more people. And then he ends up <laughs> fighting them. And, you know, it, it's 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 a very tropey. It's it's seventies kung fu movie. I mean, it, you know what you're you know what you're walking into. It's a, pretty terrible English yeah. dub. Oh it's, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Um, I've seen some bad dubs in my time at Rift Tracks. I don't think Owen has ever been as bad as this. Like not even not even Supersonic Man, <laughs> not even yeah, no, the but... Revenge of Mister X. Like this is bad bad like this is easily one of the worst dubs i've ever seen in a movie yeah. period like not even just rift track just any movie that i've seen this is a terrible dub this is like attack of the super monsters but worse dub level like well what that you know, okay okay old well, early okay, anime look. old Listen. anime like that has terrible dubbing to begin with okay and this with, just like takes it down a few notches i think i have to defend attack of the super monsters amazingly against this movie for <laughs> for for just a second one have you seen attack of the super monsters yes I mean, it was one of my favorite riffs from last year i mean it's um i think the dub in that is the least of its problems <laughs> Smack, smack. True. You're my sister. I, you're my brother, and I hate you. Get out, bitch. Slap. <laughs> bitch, are Merge you with real? me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Ninja Warlord. It's uh, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> it's it's short. I mean, it was 68 minutes long. Yeah, that's its saving grace. Is that I think you if don't it would have been to... longer. I think like, I would have had a hard time making it. It would have been like, yeah, no, I would have noped out after a while if it had been any longer. Um, and it, see, like, here's the thing. It's like, it's probably like the most unremarkable. And I know I said this about flight. <laughs> Welcome back from the internet, everybody. Hijack flight 285 was the name of the movie that uh, I was referencing. I said that that movie was the most unremarkable movie that Rift Tracks has ever done. Uh, this is similar in that it's the most unremarkable martial arts movie, especially a, a foreign martial arts movie that Griff Trex has ever, has ever done. They've all had lots of personality, like Robo Vampire, yeah. Death Promise, Samurai Cop, eh, to a lesser extent, Miami Connection. Honor and um, Glory. Yeah, Honor and Glory, uh, uh, Fists of Fury, um, No Retreat, No Surrender. Um, we got Jim Cotta coming up as well as uh, Mortal Kombat, which is kind of a martial arts movie. I, I guess you could say it's that. It's really more of an action movie. So we the, the uh, punchy, kicky martial arts movies are definitely a thing in Rift Tracks, but they all have yeah, yeah. they have this like each movie. You're not going to confuse it with anything else. Like you know, <laughs> there uh, it's um. You know what you're uh, actually you don't know what you're getting into when you know you come <laughs> back out of it, and you're like, oh wow, that was that was something. I think Roller Gator tries to be a martial arts movie, but it fails. With this, there's martial arts in it, and it's just flat and nothing. I mean, yeah, it's I think one of that, the most boring kung fu movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like I think it's like the exact opposite of Death Promise. Uh, as far as like seventies martial arts movies go, 
yeah. Uh, yeah. Ninja Warlord. And the the other interesting thing to note about this movie is uh, the soundtrack. At first, when I was watching it, I thought that they were just using sound-alike tracks for what they had. Um, some of the stuff sounded like it might have been Pink Floyd. Some of the stuff sounded like it might have been um, Isaac Hayes' Shaft soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, no, it was actually... The Shaft soundtrack and what? Um, One of These Days by Pink Floyd. Did they license that? Probably not. Oh, wow. So <laughs> that's going to be a copyright strike. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think they uh, they probably used a short enough clip of it, you know. Uh, more than like like less than nine seconds, so like the copyright. Whatever it is, yeah. Because it, it. Yeah. it did seem like... Uh, it kind of went for a little bit and then stopped and then it went for a little bit and then it stopped. <laughs> so so I guess that makes for sense. just nine seconds. And it's like, they like, like the letter of the law, like, man, they were right on that. <laughs> like they had their lawyers right there. Yeah. It, uh, so that, that was kind of interesting. That, that was probably the most interesting thing about that movie though. <laughs> honestly, the soundtrack. And you know, it's bad when the soundtrack's the best part of the film. Uh, just look at uh, Batman Forever. Um, but uh, <laughs> wow, I would shade at Batman Forever for literally no reason. Wow, uh, that's okay. I, don't I think never we, do that. <laughs> I don't think we really have enough uh, anything else to talk about for Ninja Warlord. No, because it pretty much it's, covers it. It's, it's a boring pile of crap. Yeah, it's a. There, there's some some really good riffs in there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of good throwbacks in there, um, and it's short enough. You know, it's it's like I said, barely over an hour. It's tolerable. So, it's, it's worth tolerable. your ten bucks to hang out with Mike, Kevin, and Bill, uh, while watching a really bad and boring kung fu movie. Yeah. Um, and most most people are probably gonna be able to watch it easier than they can watch stuff like Roller Gator. So. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I wish I could yeah. force more people to watch Roller Gator, especially <laughs> my enemies. Uh, but they gotta watch it vanilla, not not Rift. They gotta watch not Rift. It. Uh, dude, I'm not gonna watch that on Rift. Are you kidding me? No way. <laughs> no, as I said, your enemies, your enemies. Oh yeah, my enemies. Let's go on to the newest Rift tracks release. Oh, now this one is a this one is delightful. Oh my gosh. Lovely but deadly, uh, from I believe 1981 was yep. released last Friday, and holy cow, this movie! <laughs> this movie was a ride. Let me tell you, it's like okay, so we had we had like okay, what was the name of that movie a couple weeks ago? The girl guy from Velvet Harlem, Smooth? Velvet Smooth. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a continuation, a little bit of a lot of those themes, only yeah. way dumber. If you can believe it, oh, uh, I, I, where to start? I mean, this is like let's let's start at the beginning. This this movie is listed, I think, as a as a action comedy drama. I think is what it said. Yeah, um, but the movie starts off with a scene that you really don't know i mean you you know what's going on in the scene but you have no idea how it's going to relate to anything else in the movie especially when it goes to the next scene and it is seemingly unrelated completely to unrelated. what we started with so we start off with these people on the 
beach. Yeah, they're looking like they just found Laura Palmer. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy, like, all drugged out and face down in the sand. And his I don't know if the girl is supposed to be his girlfriend or just one of his friends. I don't know. But Call she runs over pathetic. to him and she's like, what's what's wrong with you? You know, you're pathetic. And he's like eating sand and like banging and his head on a rock. His name. His name was Arthur. Right. Yeah. And, I, I uh, don't know. I, I think didn't, it was I didn't commit that to memory. But, I watched it like two hours ago. I don't remember he was, that guy's uh, name. <laughs> he was all drugged out and, uh, you know, the other the other teens. <laughs> OK. No, okay, we have to. They were all that. in their early twenties, at least. No, um, at least, and at least. The, the lead is at least twenty-seven. Yeah, uh, but she's in high school. Um, and she's the older. The guy looked older than her. I don't know. Uh, there, there's a really good riff at this at this beginning scene, though. Um, when the guy's sitting there and he's got a face full of sand, and the girl's yelling at him. Um. One of the guys, it was either Kevin or Bill, I don't remember, um, said that it was uh, it was like BDSM for Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was down in the sand. That's great. Ooh. Yeah. That that was the first of many um, like riffs that they did that were actually like, oh, my God. Like, did they actually just say that? Mm-hmm. There were a couple of those. Um, then it, it, the guy like goes out into the ocean. He says he's going to catch a tuna fish. And uh, that's that's it. He like goes under the water. A couple guys are around to save him, and then we get the opening credits for the movie, which is like a high school dance. Yeah, and, um, and uh, then we have these two. Uh, these two. One guy is was the drug peddler, and Captain Magic. Yeah, and the other guy is like basic uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, Cricket, right? Yeah. yeah, his name was Cricket. And uh, Cricket comes up to Captain Amazeballs or whatever his name is, and is <laughs> like, "Hey, that, hey, uh, I'm going to take you away from these two girls here who are obviously trying to hit on you for whatever reason. And you see that girl over there who is way less into you than these two girls are there. Yeah, <laughs> let's take our time and walk very slowly over there so I can introduce you to her." Like that, right? she wants she wants some action and she wants a piece of you know what. Yeah. So anyway, and it um it uh it it's our lead. Yeah. And uh, uh, Mary Ann Lovett. Mary Ann Lovett. Lovely. Lovely. She is way into herself, by the way. Oh yeah. And she's new at school, and she instructs everybody to call her Lovely. It's her nickname. Yeah. But... Yeah, okay. But look, she says nick- later in the movie that she hates it. So even though she was telling everybody to call her that at her new school. Yeah. So presumably <laughs> so presumably this is what had to have happened. They gave her that nickname at her previous school where she was a cheerleader murderer. We'll get into that here in just a second. Where she was <laughs> and they all called her love like, I hate that name. I'm going to a new school. Right? And so she goes to this new school. Oh, call me lovely. It's like <laughs> What? It's like you're at a new school. You could do any, you know, like people are going to call you like, like, how do you go to a new school and get able to be able to pick your own nickname? Oh, you, oh, you're a cheerleader and you, um, uh, kill people. Uh, okay. Let's get into that. We might as well, because it's like, to, to me, it's like the biggest 
cloud over the whole movie is that is that this girl, our lead lovely, uh, pretends to be interested in this guy, goes upstairs for, in a high school dance, you know, where they're all 27 plus <laughs> to get some hot D. Um, tricks him, shoves uh, a bunch of, I guess, drugs I think it or was, something. I think it was. Like, it looked like weeds. It like, was like, weed. like not weed the drug, but like actual weeds. I, I want to say he was like, I don't know if he was just calling it oregano to not call it pot or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, and then you soak it in, uh, either like PS or PCP or acid or something. He says, and and he's like, you know, and then then you sell it to the kids and yeah. Be so like, she he's got like a whole jar of it, and she grabs him and shoves, shoves it in it his down mouth, his throat, down his throat, <laughs> and then does that. You know, okay, you know that thing, and they even say be like. Oh, we like, like, you know, like my first thought was when she was rubbing his neck, like, why is she rubbing his neck? Like she's forcing her dog to take his medicine. Like that's stupid. <laughs> and then she says it. And then, uh, then she literally says like, this is how we made the possum take possums, take their medicine back in the South Carolina or wherever the hell I came from. Right. It was like, oh, so they yeah, really like, are what? that dumb. Right. So, uh, so then we cut away. It, it's revealed that he died. Because yeah. it's but not like, because of the drugs though. Um, he was still alive when they found him. They took him to uh, to the to the hospital, and then he hung himself. Supposedly, that doesn't make any sense. He they found him hanging from the ceiling with a necktie. Then they they said something about Have you ever known this this kid to wear a necktie? And and. Uh, one of the one of the riffs there was, uh, oh, it it belonged to Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> and that was the other part that I went, oh, they did not just say that, and they oh, did man. say that. I was uh, very shocked. My wife also uh, made pretty much that same noise. Um, like, okay, but here, but here's the thing: is that guy is that her intent, and this stunt would stick with me through the, through the whole movie. It's, her intent was clearly to murder this man. Oh yeah, you know? she wanted yeah. him dead. Yeah, uh, and so um, because then, he sold the drugs to her kid brother Arthur, the guy who drowned himself in the first scene. Yeah, and that's like <laughs> twenty minutes later when we learned that's what was going on. Like her kid brother, kid brother, her kid brother Arthur. Yeah, yeah. So that means uh, he had to have been in like junior high. Yeah, because. Uh, dad and mom sent him out to live with their aunt May after dad hurt himself at the logging mill or something. He oh, what was, was like, that joke? That, okay, there, there, there was a joke about uh, about about that about Aunt May. It's like it's like, well, is it standard Aunt May or Marissa Tomei Aunt May? I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Um, so Lovely is trying to hunt down the person behind the drug distribution and she has an older boyfriend who is fresh out of high school and he owns a shipping company because his dad died and left it to him. But he just wants to be an artist. He wants to sing. And I was about to say, um, is this the guy that, um, wait, I, th I think, isn't he still in the high school because he was, he sang no. with his band at like third period algebra. Yeah, whatever. no. They said thanks for welcoming me, welcoming me back to the school, 
to perform for you. To perform for you here in third period algebra. <laughs> yeah, it was really what, weird. What? It wasn't even in like the gym or the cafeteria or anything. No, yeah, it was just, just in like, one of the classrooms. It was yeah, it was like it was like Mrs. Bronson being like, "Okay, well, you were one of my favorite students that I still remember <laughs> from last year. Yes, you can come play your generic rock blues whatever here in this." And you know, and take up all my valuable time, because I only uh, get forty five minutes with the. I only get forty five minutes with each class. <laughs> that's where they make the great joke about. Uh, him oh yeah, that's in, right. Uh, they make that callback to one of our favorite shorts, uh, "How to Use the Calendar." Yeah, because he he looked like the guy who sang about how to use a calendar. One of the calendar I, fairies. Uh, I couldn't believe they still remember that. I was like. It's like yes, like oh, that's a super deep cut. Um, yep, only for as then, Bill uh, likes to say, only the ancients of the ancients will understand. He's talking about yeah. us. We love you too, Bill. So, uh, lovely decides to uh, meet the uh, football player who is selling drugs at the school, whose name is uh, Mantis Manigan. And or Mantis Menagian or something. His first name is Mantis. Okay, can can we talk about this for a second? We need to talk about the names in this movie. I don't know what there is to say about it. I mean, it's just we've got we've got Lovely, we've got Cricket, we've got Mantis, we've got Javelin, we've got Honest Charlie, we've got Gamora. Like, come on, man. Okay, you people are just all over the place with your names. If you'll indulge me for just a moment. Sure. I have a theory. Well, I have a um. It's not really a theory. It's more of a uh, observation about uh, screenwriters. Is that a lot of them? There's like three roulette wheels for names. <laughs> okay, one is common name roulette. Okay, and that's just like you know names like Dave and Jeremy and Sarah and you know boring stupid names like ours. You know, and then there's uh that's common name roulette. Okay. Okay. Then there's stupid name roulette, which is <laughs> um, the kinds of names that people in real life rarely have, like Sebastian and Piper and, you know, crap like that. And, yeah. you know, so but then there's a third roulette wheel and it's called crazy name roulette. And it's names that have like no business being in the ecosystem of names. And I think that's kind of where this falls in. So they kind of like, so it's unimaginative, common name, stupid names, and crazy names that don't belong in anything. So I think that most screenwriters fall into the stupid name roulette kind of deal. (laughs) But this writer clearly uses the... uh, crazy name roulette wheel yeah she 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 goes uh to try and figure out how to talk to mantis and she talks to one of the other cheerleaders and it turns out that's the girl from the day at the beach and this other blonde cheerleader shows up and she's like the only way anybody talks to mantis is through me and then she takes makes the redhead girl fight lovely and then a couple other cheerleaders come in yeah, and then okay, a couple other random girls come in. in this. Yeah. We have like this whole brawl in a locker room right before the brawl starts. Uh, just, just, just a heads up. There is a, a very fast, like blinking. You miss it. Boob shot here. 
I was about to say, uh, I didn't see any boots putting her in top this. back on. It, there, there was also, in the very first scene, at the beach, one of the girls was topless. They only show that for like a split second, so it's, you know, you don't really have to worry about that too much. Well, thank you, um, Mr. Skin. I would never have even there, noticed that unless you... There had... is um, also a scene, <laughs> I, I don't know, roughly around the middle of the movie, uh, with Lovely and her shipping magnate boyfriend uh, in a hot tub. That feels very uncomfortable. Yeah, and even the guys are like, "Are we supposed to be here for this?" And thankfully, they cut away before anything happens. Um, but it's very uncomfortable. Anyway, uh, we have this this brawl. <laughs> like it is, it is an all out like riot in this locker room. There's all these girls just keep coming in out of nowhere and just jumping like, in the fight. But okay, but it, it, it seems like okay. So it seems like only about half of them are cheerleaders. Yeah, but it turns like they. It turns out that they were all cheerleaders. <laughs> it turns out because the cheerleader coach, you know, and who also runs that, like you know, like their cheerleading the karate, karate dojo dojo <laughs> coach, zebra woman. Also, yeah, she comes in to be like, if I see anybody else fighting for the rest of the semester, you every one of you people will be off the squad, and there'll be no cheerleaders <laughs> left. Right. And that like that's supposed to be like the big deterrent to be like, you know, they don't get to go out in front of the student body and get ignored and make jackasses out of themselves. You know, so um but that's a big thing for girls being a cheerleader. You know, I I get it, but the rest of the school well, especially back spoiler alert, yeah, then. especially back in nineteen eighty one. Guess what? The rest of the school didn't care about you. But no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she meets up with uh, Mantis and she gets invited to this party. And uh, it turns out that the two people there, Honest Charlie and then uh, some other idiot, uh, they're like the two main people behind the whole drug thing. And uh, the the mean cheerleaders there and she um, dumps a little bit of creamed herring on Lovely's on her shoes. Yeah, on her shoes. And like everybody laughs like it's the funniest thing in the world. And then and she's like, uh, you're not going to do that to my shoes. <laughs> and then lovely tricks the girl into sitting down into a bowl full of caviar. And then we get a food fight. And then we see of all we of their underwears. It's like so and many crotch shots that it's just like, no, they start Why? playing this very, uh, I don't know that Benny Hill style music. Like it's really out of place music for what's going on because they're yeah. it's not just this goofy they're fighting like yeah they're throwing each other through glass shelves and all this stuff but they're playing this like goofy Benny Hill music like behind it it was a, it was a very confused scene I think in this movie uh, the owner of the house the really uptight guy comes in and he Man, the party's over everybody out and uh, I'm not sure exactly what that voice was but. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what you're getting, and uh, so they they kick her out. Um, she goes back with Honest Charlie, like to his house. Oh no! He, okay, yeah. He gets a little handsy, and uh, she... okay. Well, okay. Let's talk about this for just a second. Uh, Honest Charlie. First of all, every time I see him, and he like just his face, and every time he opened his mouth, it seemed like he was channeling. Somehow, from 1981, he was channeling Kevin Spacey in House of in House of Cards. Like he really seemed. <laughs> yeah, it like was Frank very Underwood. much that voice. Yeah. Like, but no, but his face. Go back and look. Being like, he shouldn't try to spend this kind of money on me. 
Like, okay, well, you know, be like, all you girls out there, all you think all you think I'm all the same, just like I'm not only interested in sex, right? And then like fight I want love. like uh, yeah, but then like less than two minutes later, he's trying to pour himself onto her. It's like ah <laughs> like look, be like, I'm like I'm I'm a thirty year old in high school. This is so inappropriate, right? Yeah. But so she, you know, she beats him up a little bit, and then uh, his two uh, his two bodyguards, uh, Judd Ullman, the guy who was in uh, uh, Bounty Tracker just uh, just a little while ago. Oh, was he? Uh, I've already and, uh, I've, I've, he was I've in, completely forgotten everything about Bounty Tracker. He was in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, he was the guy who escaped from jail in that movie that Pee Wee was helping. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, and then we got this movie's version of. Uh, Mongo, I think, from uh, Blazing Saddles. That's what that's what the character reminded me of. Uh, Gamora, big, Gamora. big and dumb. And, see, uh, that, see, this, stupid, stupid name roulette, right? Yeah, on, yeah this dude. Like, I like kid Gam- you not. He grabs a whole grapefruit in the movie and just starts eating it. I've eaten grapefruit. Like before, he's biting right? through the peel and like just eating it all. Yeah, and there. Very, it was what was it that disturbing. Mike called it in there? Wholesale. Um, wire spool and grapefruit warehouse. It was a grapefruit and like uh, spools of spools of carpet remnant. Yeah, warehouse. yeah, warehouse. Yeah. Oh, it was. And then, then, then there's then there's that chase. Um, so she gets she gets captured and she gets stuck in a warehouse. Okay, and she kind of escapes, and then they catch her, and then uh, okay, the, oh, oh, the guy goes to get her boyfriend. Can we talk about how she escapes? Like, uh, Which time? She's, okay, okay. Well, she's tied up, right? And I guess like the ropes are like down towards like her nether area. What's it's around her waist? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, something like that. And um, I guess it's Gamora because he's an idiot. <laughs> they're right. They're gonna kill her, and yeah. she's like, "I could use one more thrill." Before that, I die, uh, and, <laughs> and so Gamora takes her and off into a different area of the warehouse, and she's like, like "I could do more if my hands were untied." And, so he goes down like, like, um, forgive me. He he goes down like he's about to perform cuddlingus on her, and comes back up with the ropes in his mouth. Okay, like, like, like oh, hey, he- baby. Was yeah. he making those slurping sounds, or was that one of the guys riffing it? I I'm don't not. I think know. it might have been in the movie. Like, <laughs> I look. I don't think. Look, I. I just like. I. I wouldn't hold it against him if they did because it's kind of funny. But I don't think. I think Mike Nelson would have put a stop to that. Like, yeah, like no, like, like no, guys, we are, we 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 are not making that joke. We are not yeah, making his, a cuddlingus joke here on 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 riff tracks. His head goes out of frame, goes down out of frame, and you hear like this slurping, and you're just like, "What is going on?" And he comes up with the rope in his mouth, like he was eating spaghetti or something. It was yeah. the oh yeah, it's very disturbing. But this, and then she she punches him and she runs away. But this is after. Uh, they bring her boyfriend. The guy goes to get her boyfriend, not Honest Charlie, but the other guy. I don't remember his name. Um, and he's like, "Uh, well, let's know, spin the wheel and let's captured. give him a name. Yeah, yeah. Let's spin the wheel Lovely. and give him a name. Uh, his name is 
Ravioli. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I think it was might have been Warren. I think it was yep. Warren. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm looking at the cast list here. I think it was Warren. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It's not important. He goes and he gets the the shipping magnet boyfriend, and uh, guess what? He was in on the whole thing. He was. Derp. How do you think the drugs got shipped in? So she freaks out. She gets really angry at him. And um, anyway, she goes and she uh, escapes from uh, from Gamora and she gets in this like plastic boat. Like these these boats were plastic. They had motors on them. They were like little tour boats or whatever. Fifty dollars to rent them. And they have this boat chase, which you can't even call it a chase. She gets yeah, out part really way and her motor dies. The other boat comes up. She jumps in, kicks the crap out of the two guys, takes their boat, and then the other guy, the Warren guy or whoever it is, he, they start heading towards each other. And guys, they hit, they hit the front of the two plastic boats together, and they explode. Why did the plastic boats explode? I don't Cause understand. Because it's, it's a movie. <clears throat> Haven't you seen? Haven't you seen uh, Indiana Jones oh. and the Last Crusade? Yes, yes, yes. I have. Um, like, uh, totally, there, totally that. There, there was a joke in here that I know Connor wrote uh, because they said it was more uh, almost as exciting as Ducks Ahoy on the Commodore sixty four. Uh, yeah, that and had to have been Connor. Based on our previous conversation uh, with with Connor and with and Sean, Sean, yeah, that that was definitely a Connor Lestoke. Anytime we hear a Commodore sixty four reference, it's uh, <laughs> we know it's Connor. Yeah, yeah, a, a sentence that you never, I never thought I'd hear myself say. Anytime there's a Commodore sixty four <laughs> reference, it's Connor. And there, there was one other joke in there that really surprised me because. I, I just wasn't expecting that to come up, but um, right right before the food fight, everybody's laughing in the party, and they say that they all just went and saw the Capitol Steps perform, and that's why they're still laughing. I don't, I don't, I don't get the it. The Capitol Steps is it's a it's a political humor thing. You know, they just they make fun of all the all the politicians, everybody they've been doing it for years. And oh hang on, before we continue, you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about and this is kind of a uh, a little bit of a nod to Velvet Smooth, even though they probably didn't intend it, is that um there's a fight scene that takes place in the school. Uh where I think they like go to um their uh lovely and boyfriend I think is this is this the one where they're like wearing the fencing gear? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're walking down the hall and like they uh, come at them with the fencing gear on, and, like they like they have these fencing swords. Like those things aren't sharp; they're not going to hurt anybody. Uh, they are; those are not edged swords. No, uh, no, they're they're blunted tips. Yeah. So like basically, like it's just going to give you a bad bruise. I mean, that's like the worst that could possibly happen with with those things. And uh, so they go into, I think, like the wood shop, and they have this really terrible fight scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it was just weirdly choreographed. And it did remind me a lot of the of, of the um, of the of the masked gangs in Velvet Smooth. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah. but it's just like we've had two of these things, not in a row, but like near each other. 
where uh, we have a female protagonist is attacked by these masked uh, assailants that are that is just really stupid, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, it was very yeah. dumb. Anyway, I, I sorry, I just I just wanted to talk about that before we got to the end of the movie. <laughs> um, that is the end of the movie. She goes and uh, she she gets her boyfriend arrested, uh, and the the school superintendent who was also in on it gets arrested, and that's it. The the credits roll. What happened to the cop? And then we see what happened to the incompetent cop. They they brought him in to arrest the guys. He didn't do anything. He got he, no. He didn't. He was playing some stupid electronic detective game when uh, they walked in to like give him the tip that lovely. Oh, who was it that warehouse. said? Was it the boyfriend that was telling him like, "How come you don't act on any hot tips?" What? That was the that was the other guy at school that liked her. Yeah, that that clearly but he was actually a student. Yeah, like like I'm only twenty four. I'm in the I'm in the eleventh. Steve Barringer. Yeah. Steve Berenger, there was Steve, yeah, because Javelin was the uh, the actual boyfriend. Oh my God, these names! But anyway, they they did one of my favorite things with this movie, and uh, they kept riffing over the uh, albeit short credits, but they went through the whole thing. Yeah, um, I, lo- I love about they Gamora that, because yeah. because he woke up. Gamora came to on a beach after the boat exploded that he was in, and. Uh, they, you know, Kevin was was scared because you assured me that Gamora was dead. You told me he was dead. <laughs> you remember how you held me and told me it would be fine? Well, it's not fine. And they were like going to Panera to get grain bowls or something. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I do like it when they do that too. Yeah, but that's lovely but deadly. Do you think that's the best one of 2020 so far? Yes. I'm not even I'm not even going to hesitate on that one. That is by far my favorite. I mean, it's Velvet Smooth was my favorite. Yeah, Velvet Smooth is excellent. And this yeah. one is just above Velvet Smooth, I think. Uh, now, there is one other thing that I want to talk about real quick with this movie before I actually forget. I have it written down on paper right in front of me, and I still almost forgot. Um, <laughs> on paper? And the only reason, yes, on paper with a pencil. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because for the preview – for lovely but deadly um one of the scenes in there uh a boom mic drops into frame and bill says boom mic take oh, a drink yeah. and so i knew from that from that point that the whole movie was going to be filled with the boom mic coming into frame uh i did i did discuss this with my wife a little bit cuz she was watching it with me and she was helping me keep track of it so we got 11 <laughs> We got 11, yeah, 11 boom mic shots in this movie and a movie that's 98 minutes long. I guess that's a lot. I don't make a lot of movies. As I mentioned prior uh, to talking about Ninja Warlord and, and Lovely But Deadly, we did already record an episode where we talked about Zindi the Swamp Boy. Yes. And so that episode will be coming out in the... shortly after this one, at least a couple days after after this episode in the next the next, the next previous episode, episode. yes <laughs> uh so we decided and you'll hear us talking about it after talking about zinny swamp boy that our next patron poll was going to be a clean slate 
we were taking off the other movies that were on there and we were just going to start start fresh again with three new choices. So we are going to be putting Cool as Ice, Rock and Roll Nightmare, and Rift Tracks Live, Manos, The Hands of Fate. Which is going to be our... eight years old this year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's going to be our next patron poll. Um, if you want to check that out, you can head up to patreon.com slash trueblueriftcast. And uh, you can support us if you would like to uh, for as little as $2 a month. And you can get some behind-the-scenes things. You can get some bloopers, some uh, goofy ringtones or notification sounds, usually of things that Dave says or does that I take out of context just because they sound funny. And uh, previews of, of what's coming up in, in, in the other episodes and stuff like that. And... I don't think we yeah. had any. I don't think we had any of those this episode. I don't think I said anything wildly inappropriate. Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. We're still recording. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. So, we'll see where we go from here. Patreon.com/slash True Blue Riftcast. Help keep us uh, ad free. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> We'll chill we our have ads. That's right. Uh, yeah, because we we're popular enough to. <laughs> yes, it's not ads. like it. It's not like this podcast is already not an hour long <laughs> advertisement for Rift Tracks to begin yeah. with. But it is. It is an ad. It's a one big unpaid ad that we gladly they... do because we oh, love yes. you. It's a labor of love, and by you I mean Connor Lestoka. Oh my god. See I did it. I, I was able to You thought it was Oh no, happen. that's that's staying in. Oh that's Dave. staying in? That's okay. staying in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, we are gonna wrap things up today. I am Jeremy. You can send me emails, Jeremy at trueblueriftcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PB and Awesome, or you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TB Riffcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. Check me out on the web at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at SugarRayDodge at gmail.com. Check me out on all the social medias at SugarRayDodge. And we will see you guys next time right here on the True Blue Riffcast. Carol Baskin? Carol Baskin?